0: I'm nearing the end of my journey and the end of my story. You have been with me as we have heard the grim predicament of the Boers, but we have also heard from people like Lame Eberson, convener of the philosophy cafe, that many Afrikaners experience the new era as a liberation, From the narrowness and oppressive conformity of the past. And we'll hear more of this before I leave you. There is, however, an unresolved question that hangs over both contradictory poles of the new era of the Africana. Will their language survive? It matters because can there be Afrikaners if there is no Afrikaans? You see, I worry that Afrikaans is a shrinking island in a growing sea. So let's talk about this to someone who depends on Afrikaans for their living. It's Karin Brainard. She's a successful crime novelist writing in Afrikaans. She needs readers in Afrikaans. They put bread on her table. But will they always be there? So, we talk in her home in Stellenbosch. It rests below a looming mountain in a leafy garden with running water so this is corin Brainart. crime novelist extraordinaire <laughs> 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 corin we've known each other for a long time and i'm not even going to touch on the fact that uh, you were a political correspondent along with me and whether this has informed your uh, crime writing capabilities, I'm going oh. to leave that aside.
1: <laughs> better, better leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: Karin, I, I really, I have a, a worry, or, if I put it more softly, it's something I wonder about. Your writing in the crime idiom is excellent in my opinion thank you the question is is your audience your afrikaans audience big enough to sustain you
1: not really um, we live in a in a in a strange kind of a uh, literature culture in this country um, separate bubbles almost you can say uh, where it comes to Afrikaans literature uh, Afrikaans is, is is fiercely supported by afrikaans speaking people so books sell Afrikaans South African writers sell in South Africa. Mm my poor english compatriots can't say the same Um, if you wrote uh, a non-fiction maybe political mostly political or historical in english uh, and it's a sexy political issue that you address it will sell it will sell like hotcakes and so on but ordinary fiction Uh, whether it's literary fiction or uh, popular fiction and so on, doesn't sell in English because of the uh, competition. The English-speaking reader is a bit snobbish in the sense that they go for the international readers and the English-language writers have to compete with the international writers on, uh, on a shelf, on a bookshelf, where we don't we have our own little compartment and Afrikaans readers read Afrikaans and they read English so they 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 keep up with what's going on in English literature and they read Afrikaans they love Afrikaans books so you will find that a lot of can't really say a lot but the biggest uh, traditional English language fiction uh, publishing house in South Africa namely Penguin had a drive the past 10 years to um, to incorporate Afrikaans fiction writers into their um, stable because of the financial success otherwise they can't survive there are such brilliant brilliant uh, English language literature popular fiction as well as literary stuff really brilliant people world-class <coughs> people uh, that are published in in this country but unless they are um, uh, also available or the books are sold to agents overseas uh, or to publishing houses overseas they can't make a living and I must say immediately there are very 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 uh, few writers who can really make a living uh, out of writing alone I mean for most people, for 80% of, of writers, I think all over the world, you have to have a, da- a day job. I think it's the top 10 or 15% of writers worldwide who get rich, you know, fall in the Stephen King, JK Rowling, that kind of uh, category, uh, Ian McEwen or, you know, the big writers. Um, and their Afrikaans has got a niche in this country and it's doing well. Um, It's, we have, uh, we have other challenges how to, how uh, to um, grow a new readership, you know, how to keep uh, children from a school-going age and so on, enthusiastic about Afrikaans' books. Uh, Children these days grow up uh, much more bilingual than we used to from my age, and I was uh, at school in the 70s I, I finished school in the 70s um, and we weren't as you know we weren't exposed to movies or television or the english culture as much as kids these days they are completely bilingual african speaking uh, kids so i think that is the danger lies there that afrikaans uh, could be abandoned by its speakers and for that matter, Afrikaans' books and Afrikaans' literature, but you know, in the in, in the sense of uh, the variety of books, the the popularity um, of um, the crime genre, uh, the growing popularity, the the amount of new writers coming to the genre every every year almost, and su- and having success, you know. Uh, uh, it is quite amazing. It's not happening in the in the English uh, side of the literature. But now,
0: on that point, um, <clears throat> if I use an example, my uh, assistant, who's an English woman, picked up uh, <coughs> your book. I'm not sure which one it was. Was it Plas Murth? Now, I think I was busy read, reading Plasmid. What's the English title mm, of Plasmid? Weeping,
1: weeping Waters.
0: Weeping Waters. Mm. Maybe, maybe it was that one. It doesn't matter which one. <clears throat> um, and she found herself struggling with the cultural frame of reference. Mm. Okay, she found it too foreign for from her experience. I was surprised at that because that was the fact that I enjoyed, you could say almost most, about your work and your books, is that it made me feel that I was, I was back in the fold, sort of thing. But as to this objection of hers, that it's too foreign. Does that ring a bell with you? Does you come across that?
1: I think you get, you get a certain type of, of uh, book that is very closely related to the cultural background in which it, the, the, the story happens. And if the reader comes to it and he's prepared for that, then I think it might be a different kind of a scenario. Um <clears throat> when I read the Nordic Noir novels, I read it because of the foreignness of it, because it you know, it it describes a certain landscape to me and a certain culture to me that appeals to my senses, you know. So I approach the book already knowing that it's from a if I if I read a popular French uh crime writer, I have the same attitude, you know. You expect a sort of uh, a universal flavor uh, to um, certain types of uh, I don't I don't know where I can place it but it's a it's a sort of a middle group of uh, crime novels that uh, caters you know it's, it, the background is a little bit blurred in in terms of the 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 uh, factualness of it and so and so it could actually Take place anywhere in the world. A lot of the British, American and South African writing is like that. But mine is very much, it's anchored in the in the land here and it deals with the with issues of this land because I think of my political background. My books begin begin with questions that I ask myself. And the and the very question that you've been asking on your journey here is what happens. For instance, when a language dies. And my last book was born from this question. What happens when a language (coughs) dies?
0: Now, that's very interesting. So, let's just cut straight to it. Do you think um, that Afrikaans is a language that is dying?
1: I think uh, it depends on uh, what time of the day you're asking me. Because it's really uh, sometimes um, when I realise that it's that it's being abandoned as uh, um, a language of education, uh, tertiary education as well as school uh, education, then then you know when that thought strikes me, I become you know my, my throat constricts. Um, I think, oh, you know that's that's a first sign of a language declining, you know, when it loses a certain um, status and a certain uh, um, stage where where it's no longer the language of the judici- judiciary, judiciary or of uh, teaching in philosophy or whatever, you know, it's, you lose the terminology, you lose the energy of the language being expressed in a certain way or in a certain sort of a, um, academic um, uh, department, whether it be uh, the sciences or languages. So then I would say okay there is no way that a that a language can really last just by being a popular sort of a language it has to have the groundwork also and that's where literature comes from because the literature uses bigger bigger words than advertising um and uh you know it has to be grounded somewhere literature and uh poetry and so on where you where you engage in a deeper on a deeper level with a language that it has to have a cultural background. And if you lose that on, on the education side, I think it's a big loss. And I think that's where a decline might come from. It's a big debate in this country. Sometimes I think, no, man, the a language lives as long as people speak it. And there are lots and lots of people who speak the language, uh, depending on where you are in the country. If you're in the Western Cape, there are still uh, <coughs> enclaves of of communities where it's the majority language, uh, and it's changing. You know, it's a changing demographic the whole time. Uh, Western Cape used to be almost 80% Afrikaans-speaking in the in the bigger areas, uh, not only the white metro areas, but uh, also the the uh, the rural areas, um, and it's changing, you know, because there's an influx of people from Zimbabwe, from the Eastern Cape, from all over, so the language mix. I was talking to my housekeeper the other day, and she says that um, all her neighbours around her are foreigners. She's Sutu speaking and the people behind her are from Malawi, another couple is from Zimbabwe, another couple is from uh, Namibia, Zambia, all with different languages, um, uh, you know, so it's, it's it's changing all the time. But um, is it a dying language? I don't know. As long as we have uh, a television in it, as long as we have newspapers in it, as long as there's cultural activity in it. The Afrikaans music business is huge. The Afrikaans um, drama business is huge. Festivals are huge. And and that's where Afrikaans plays are produced and um, presented. And it's wildly popular. People flock in their thousands there. We have once a year, we have what we call the the word festival in Afrikaans, word feast, here at the University of Stellenbosch. They present it. Um, and it's uh, half of it is uh, dedicated to books and and uh, Afrikaans language, Afrikaans uh, literature and so on. But the rest is music, popular music, um, traditional music um, and drama. Um Huge, huge crowds uh, descend on the on, on the town uh, to attend the the excellent world class dramas that are being written by young people and produced by young people. It's really exciting. So that's why sometimes I feel, oh boy, there the language goes and so on. And then I walk around um, at a word fest or a word festival. And I see these young people produce this incredible art, incredible movies. um, And I think, no, it's alive and well.